Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 22nd show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It's a great day to talk money. That's why I'm here with you and what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, and build a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have in studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And my lineup for today's show, Greg Nunn with None Better Tax Resolution. It is after the April filing date for my tax return. Now what do I do? We'll answer that today with Greg. Also in studio, I have Francine Schneider with Remax Integrity, today's real estate market, everything that's happening in our local market here in Seattle. And last guest in studio, Vivian Peterson and Debbie Yeager with Windermere Real Estate Shoreline, flipping homes in the Seattle market. Great information, great guest in studio. For more information on any topics discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's one 855 411.50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And to start out the show today, a little money chat. Money. Money. Seattle employment, the effect on real estate prices and the challenges this creates for homeowners wanting to sell and move up. Solutions to hold, buy, then sell. The top real estate forecast sees Seattle remaining amongst the most desirable markets because of tech and population growth. With the lack of inventory, it is challenging for buyers, and I do not see the market slowing down or inventory coming available in the near future. Once interest rates increase, and they will, the inventory challenges will get even greater as sellers are currently at a high three to low 4% interest rates will not want to sell and buy a new home with interest rates increasing possibly who knows eight six per, six eight percent why would they with the equity in their home from the rapid appreciation a lot of homeowners will access their equity remodel their home and stay put with the low interest rate that they currently have so on top of that foreign buyers are moving their cash into Seattle instead of purchasing homes in Vancouver after the 15% foreign investor tax was introduced in Metro Vancouver. The employment opportunities are also not slowing down. In the last 10 years, the Seattle tech scene has changed quite dramatically. In 1990s and the early 2000s, the only uh, gigantic software companies in town were Microsoft and Amazon, and for a time, it even become common knowledge that most Seattle-based startups had only two viable exit strategies, go public or get acquired by Microsoft. Now, in the last 10 years, uh, we've seen sea change in this dynamic in Seattle caused by two forces. The first part of the change has been the rise in the new breed of large Seattle-based tech companies, companies that are still smaller than the two local uh, tycans, the Microsoft and Amazon, yet large enough to fill out the middle tier. Now, the second force has been the increasing 
appearance of Silicon Valley engineering offices in Seattle metro area. Google was one of the bit was the biggest and first uh, major Silicon Valley offices to open engineering offices in here in Seattle. And then a decade after Google set up shop in the city, Seattle has seen an explosion of Silicon Valley companies setting up their second engineering offices in Seattle. And this is now home en- engineering offices for Google, Facebook, Apple, Twitter, Salesforce, eBay, Dropbox, Uber, uh, you, YouTube and many others. So there have also been companies from the Bay Area in the recent that are moving their companies to Seattle because of California's state income and payroll taxes. So Seattle is becoming the next San Francisco. But to put things into perspective, Seattle home prices are where San Francisco home prices were about 15 years ago. That is crazy. Gives you an idea of the tremendous growth that we still have coming here in the Seattle market. So the biggest challenge for move up buyers is not being able to go contingent on their home selling with the lack of inventory is the lack of sellers, and they are making the rules out on the market. So sellers do not want to take the risk of a buyer's home not selling and having to put their home back on the market, so they are not accepting contingents offers. So what I wanted to share with you today during Money Chat is for my sellers out there to provide some solutions on how to buy, hold, and then sell. So first, you can look at the options of taking out a bridge loan, which is basically a HELOC on your current home to use for down payment on your new home. Uh, Purchase your new home without having to go contingent and then pay off the HELOC when your home sells. Another option you might look at is taking a loan out against your 401k. You can pay that back to yourself. You need to actually talk to your financial um, a, a planner and see how that works. But you should be able to borrow against it, pay it back within a period of time after your home sells. Another option is take out a smaller mortgage on your new home, lower than what you were originally anticipating if you had sold your home first and were using those net proceeds. And then once your home sells, do a one-time reamortization on your current from, from the proceeds from your current home. This is when you make a large principal payment and your bank will then reamortize the current payment to reflect the new balance that's owed. Now, if any of these uh, solutions are not appealing to you, You can sell your current home first, then purchase a new home and find temporary housing. I don't know. Maybe it might be fun to hang out with a family member, maybe be a little vacation time. So those are really what your options are to be successful in this market and not have to go contingent. Uh, Any questions that you have on solutions? I've got great real estate professionals in studio, and also I am your expert in the mortgage arena and can help and assist to put a strategy and a plan together for you. Coming up next in the Money Hour. It is after the April filing date for tax return. Now what do you do? I have Greg Nunn, Nunn Better Tax Resolution, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW after this short break. Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. Have you been in your home for more than 30 years and are now thinking of downsizing? Francine Schneider with Remax Integrity has assisted many couples just like you and helped them make this hard move going from a large home to a more manageable square footage. 
Francine has a sincere commitment to making the real estate process as smooth as possible, guiding you through this perhaps very difficult next phase of your life. She also has a great strategy for selling a first time on the market home. To learn more about Francine Schneider's real estate process and system, you can reach her at 425-890-0865 or by email at francine at schneiderestate.com. Hi, I'm Francine Schneider. Give me a call at 425-890-0865 if you have difficulty downsizing or have an aging parent who needs help with their move. I'll be your senior real estate specialist and trusted advisor. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, April 22nd show. I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to rebroadcast, but you can call into the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com to ask any questions of the guests that I have in studio. And right now, I have Greg Nunn with None Better Tax Resolution. Uh, it's after the filing time, April file date, and your tax returns. What is the, the next step? What do you need to do? Uh, Greg Nunn, a little bit about Greg. Thanks for coming back in studio. almost forgot to say thanks, Greg, for joining me again. Well, thank you for having me again. <laughs> a little bit about Greg. Gregory Nunn is founder and principal of None Better Tax Resolution in Redmond, Washington. The first firm, a tax resolution specialist in Washington State. His passion is helping people that find themselves in a predicament with the IRS due to failing of file tax returns and or not paying what the IRS claims they owe. He represents these troubled taxpayers vigorously before the IRS. His practice also provides tax preparation and tax planning for the individual and business. Gregory is a licensed CPA in the state of Washington and been in the industry for over 20 years, 30 years. Whoops, I've been in the industry over 20 years. He is a member of the American Society and Tax Problem Solvers, the premier association of professional help troubled taxpayers. He has received the top practitioner award for the American Society of Tax Problem Solvers, and he is also a certified tax resolution specialist. Greg has published a book titled Solve Your Tax Problems Now. And I always like to just disclose, uh, Greg does help uh, troubled taxpayers out there that find themselves in a predicament and need some assistance, but he also helps people that do not have tax issues. So anybody that needs tax assistance, uh, Greg, I personally speak for myself because he is my everything go-to tax guy. So Greg, thanks again for coming in and uh, great to have a conversation about what happens um, after the, the filing date and the tax returns. So if you have, if you filed your tax returns, what should you do, what should you do with them? Well, first, I hope everyone out there has filed. And if I you have so not too. filed, that you filed an extension. Otherwise, you're in for a rude awakening when you pay your taxes. It's interesting. The first thing that we should do now that we filed our taxes is to think about them some more. Think about what might be in, uh, in store for 2017. You know, review your tax return and understand what's in there. A lot of people, and I can I speak from experience watching some clients, they really don't look at what's in their tax return or really fully understand it. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing to know so you know what dynamics might be in there as they contribute to your tax liability. And if you have a tax repairer, have them review that return with you. So yeah. they can explain it to you so you know what's going on. And if you don't have someone, could you do it yourself or you use one of the online programs? You know, um, 
go visit a CPA or an enrolled agent in EA and just have them uh, explain what's in the tax return. One caveat, if you go see a professional to have them provide you um, an update or discussion, disclosure, what's in your tax return so you understand it. Remember, it's a professional service and do expect to pay a fee. Of course. And just like mortgage documents. I mean, you're going through and taking a look at your mortgage documents. You want to take a look at your tax documents. So, you Greg, uh, you should know about what is, is in your tax return. So what are the important Well, uh, some of the important things in there is to understand how your income that you have and the type mm-hmm. of income, how that contributes to your tax liability. Also, to understand how your itemized deductions contribute to what you might owe and tax credits. And so many of these things are so extremely, ridiculously complicated because with computers these days, the, the Congress seems like they want to make all these formulas very complicated and phase out rules and phase in rules and, and no one rules. So uh, you got to take a look at what mm-hmm. your particular situation is. And I would imagine, too, you can get some uh, strategy and and advice on maybe what you could do differently next year to make it more favorable for you. It is. I mean, now is really the time to plan for that. Sure. Uh, So many of us, we do our tax return and we're shocked either, wow, what happened or I owe Mm -hmm. a lot of money or I got a huge refund. Figure it out while you're going through the year. That's a lot easier that way. So let's talk about that huge refund or not so good. You owe a huge amount to the IRS. Yeah, it's interesting how um, sometimes it's just a psychological dynamic. Some people like seeing that big refund coming at the end of the mm-hmm. year. Others are exactly the opposite, that if they see they have a big refund, they are infuriated because they gave the government too much money to, of theirs to hold on to. You exactly. got it. So if you are in either one of those situations and you really want to modify what your refund is or what you have to pay uh, for employees. Primarily, it's all dictated by that W-4 that we fill out, and most companies will ask you to fill it out every year. Mm -hmm. And that dictates what's going to be withheld from your paycheck. And that is the one that you really want to pay close attention to you know, try to get it as close as to what you think your tax liability will be for the year. Yeah. When you know what I do with my clients in mortgage, especially for first-time home buyers, is send them back to you and, and you know, coach on how they can amend that W-4 so that they can realize that tax benefit on a monthly basis. Absolutely. Not like the government collect interest on money. Right. Now, for self-employed, all of us that are um, self-employed or commission, a little bit more challenging to kind of figure out where that sweet spot is in uh, breaking even. And really, that's the ideal, I think, is just to break even. Don't owe money and uh, definitely don't let the government hold on to it. So anything else to explain on the W-4? Uh, remember, in case you don't aren't familiar with it, the W-4 is that thing that says, you know, single, zero, mm-hmm. or married, two. Or and what is the maximum you can put on there without having any dependents? Seriously, you can fill out a W-4 that claims that you don't want any tax withheld and you're tax exempt. I do not recommend that. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but typically... You know, if you're the the goal of the W four is to try to simulate the idea of how many dependents you have. So if it's mm-hmm. husband, wife, and two kids, you know, married four, it's trying to simulate that, but it's not always real effective in doing that. But a lot of times, aren't they in- increasing those, you know, from what they have for dependents because they've got so many opportunities to write off and that way they can get that money? Exactly right. And that's I mean, kind of what you do is you no go through No one's the same. And, yes. I mean, you might be someone that has an immense amount of deductions, like 
um, mortgage interest or uh-huh. property taxes, mm-hmm. and you're getting this huge tax benefit that really you'd want to raise the amount of your exemptions yes. under your W-4 so you can retain of that course. income during the year. Mm-hmm. Others, it could be the other way around. They're, you're making really good money, but you have very few deductions. Yeah. And so Go you, buy real estate. Um, I think that's in there. That's a, yeah, I'm going to ask that's, you, that's I'm gonna ask you that later. Okay. Well, How did we you know that? <laughs> so let's go to tax professional, Greg. What is yeah. the in, importance of, of hiring someone like you to take care of your taxes? I, I think it's one of two things. One, if doing it on an annual basis, I think, is the right thing for some people, mm-hmm. not for everybody. For others, you know, using the online programs, I think, is sufficient. But periodically, just sit down with a with a tax professional. Sure. Because uh, most of the time when we're doing the programs on, on the Internet, not to uh, degrade them in any way, but they're asking questions. And it's an interviewing process. And sometimes we don't really understand what that question's asking of mm-hmm. us. Because I've seen more than one occasion where people do some pretty funny things in their tax return because they just didn't understand the question. No fault of their own. Yeah. So, Greg, let's talk about investments. Mm. How do those those play in? Oh, you uh, mean like our retirement accounts Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And that's another reason why to take a look at things today. So many of us have opportunities to save, but we don't save because we... um, we want the money today. However, it's like anything, man. You start putting that little $100 aside every month or $200 aside. Pretty soon, you just adjust your your living standards to what you have left. Mm-hmm. And then, man, before you know it, you have a huge nest egg. Yeah. And the younger you are, the sooner you should start. Because as you get to be my age, it's a little more difficult to accumulate all that wealth that we need to have when we retire. Yeah. Yeah. So, Greg, let's get back to uh, real estate. Um, we have real estate professionals in studio. Um, my regular listeners and everyone here knows that um, full time I do mortgages and that's my expertise. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of good reasons to buy real estate, but let's go from a tax perspective. From a tax perspective, the best reason to buy real estate, of course, are those deductions that we are going to get mm-hmm. from that mortgage interest and the property taxes. Mm-hmm. The tax code, really, the way it's written right now, is most advantageous for the average person to have real estate because it's really trying to motivate people to buy property. It's always the biggest driver driver in our economy. Uh, When construction is happening, economy is good. When houses are selling, economy is good. When Mm -hmm. real estate prices are going up, economy is good. So those are all really awesome reasons to own real estate is primarily for the tax benefit of it. Yeah. Now, you, as first-time home buyers, you know, they do need to be um, careful to make sure they're looking at their options on whether they're filing standard. They do, mm-hmm. yes. Um, first and time, most of the time, if you can afford to buy, it's probably not going to make, but you've got to kind of balance, you know, to weigh that out to see what the true benefit is, you correct? You do have to know what that true benefit yeah. is. Uh, sometimes I'm asked, hey, Greg, when should I buy my house. Mm-hmm. What should I do? Uh, first of all, buy it when you can afford it. And the second part is try to buy it as early in the year as you can if you're trying to maximize your tax benefits sure. that year. Yep. Because if you buy it later in the year, um, your tax benefits may be nil. However, 
if that's the time you're able to afford to buy, don't wait. Just get yep. the property. Makes get sense. that house. Especially with interest rates, appreciation, and all of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's hope the interest credit, the credit doesn't go away. But I'm heading to D.C. on some of this stuff that's, really? you know, in leg- legislation. So yeah. uh, interesting stuff happening. Um, when is the, well, we just answered that the best time to buy is going to be at the beginning of the year, except for disclosure, as if it makes sense for you, you can do something, get in, because we don't yeah, know what's going to happen does. with interest rates. Yep. Um, what is the standard deduction and, and how much is it for 2017? Okay. One thing to think about when you're going through your tax return, you're either going to have the standard deduction or you're going to have itemized deductions, yes. whichever is the higher of the two. The standard deduction, everybody gets, no matter what itemized deductions you have, like you know mortgage interest, property taxes, charitable contributions, uh, maybe some medical expenses or something of that nature. So a person filing married jointly automatically gets a 12700 deduction yes. for the standard deduction. Single is half that, 6350 So you have that no matter what. And so that's something you can look at as you're planning for your tax year mm-hmm. and see what that standard deduction is and then see what kind of itemized deductions you have that might lift you up above that standard deduction and what you can plan for during the year. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just something small where you can load a lot of deductions into one year because you're just kind of on the margin. Sure. And then not as many as in the next year. Got it. You know, especially charitable. That's a good one you can control. Yes, yes. So, Greg, what about uh, tax brackets brackets in the various uh, tax brackets? Oh, tax brackets. We all love those. Most of us are going to be somewhere between 10% and 33%. percent mm-hmm. Uh, well, excuse me, 39.6%. I was say, I, I'm yeah. sorry. There, there's one up there a little bit higher. I guess I just don't look at it because I'm not there. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> it can. <laughs> the thing is, these tax brackets, you, again, that's where tax planning can come in. Mm-hmm. You might be right on the fringe of moving some of your income in the next higher tax bracket, and then maybe there's some things you can do so that doesn't happen. Sure. So instead of something being taxed at 33%, maybe you can keep it in the 28% mm-hmm. tax bracket. So there you've saved 5%. Think about that. 5% of 10000 Yeah. That's a nice dinner at, you know, Daniel's Broiler or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, Greg, in wrapping up, how do you determine your uh, what your tax rate is? I think this is one of the most important things to understand in your tax return, and that is you have what's called the marginal rate, which are the different tax brackets. You're going to have part of your income tax at 10%, some at 15 some at 25 And so the marginal rate is the highest tax bracket you're being taxed in. Mm-hmm. But your effective rate is looking at the total tax that you've paid and divide it by your total income. It's going to be a whole different percentage depending upon your income and so forth, you know, it could be 5 to 10% less than mm-hmm. what your actual marginal tax bracket rate is. Got it. And it's a great thing to know because then again, if you're looking at f- deductions, you can go, well, for every $100, I can see that I can save 20%. Uh-huh. Well, that might make you, again, think about what you could do in getting some deductions. Yes. And I, I was telling the real estate side, too, it's important to know that the interest is based on the last income tax bracket that you're, you know, so a lot of consumers, a lot of homeowners don't know that, that it's yeah. the last dollars earned tax bracket. So if yes. you pay $1 in that other one, you're going to get the interest right off on that 33 versus the 25. So Correct. makes a huge difference. Greg, thank you again, as always, well, for coming into the studio. It's always a pleasure. I sure appreciate being here, and I hope it helps some people to hear what I had to say today. I'm sure it does. You know it does, because we always have listeners calling us for you.
So I'll look forward to having you back, Greg. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. Coming up next on the Money Hour, what's happening in today's real estate market? Francine Schneider with Remax Integrity right here on 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you behind in filing your tax returns? Does the IRS claim you owe them money, but you can't pay? Are you getting nasty grams from the IRS? Are you losing sleep? Please know your tax problems can be solved. Work locally and actually meet the person that'll help you with your tax problems and not some faceless national firm. Call None Better Tax Resolution today at 1-844-SOS-1040 for a free confidential consultation. Again, call 844-SOS-1040 today and start fixing your tax problems so you can sleep peacefully. Have you been in your home for more than 30 years and are now thinking of downsizing? Francine Schneider with Remax Integrity has assisted many couples just like you and helped them make this hard move going from a large home to a more manageable square footage. Francine has a sincere commitment to making the real estate process as smooth as possible, guiding you through this perhaps very difficult next phase of your life. She also has a great strategy for selling a first time on the market home. To learn more about Francine Schneider's real estate process and system, you can reach her at 425-890-0865 or by email at francine at schneiderestate.com. Hi, I'm Francine Schneider. Give me a call at 425-890-0865 if you have difficulty downsizing or have an aging parent who needs help with their move. I'll be your senior real estate specialist and trusted advisor. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Well, welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 22nd. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in every area regarding money, and that's what I'm here, and that's what you'll learn all about, what's happened in today's economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with the guests that I have in studio, you can call the show at one 855 411150 again that's 18554411150 or online at themoneyhour.com and in studio right now Francine Schneider with Remax Integrity today's real estate market Francine thank you so much for joining me for the first time thanks for inviting me Tina of course and a little bit about Francine Francine is from Montreal lived 2 years in Arizona and 17 years in Vancouver British Columbia before moving to Seattle in 2008 she has an interior design background and owned and staging professional organization company for world tours between the age of 20 and 35 in Canada. Francine has a master's in educational technology and bachelor's in linguistics. <laughs> she successfully got these degrees between the main careers in interior design and real estate. Francine thought she wanted to change and teach, but when she finished her master's degree, she went back to her passion, which was design and real estate. When Francine moved into the United States in 2008, she took two years to study Washington's market in 2010, she was licensed in the U.S. and joined Jamal Scott. Uh, because of her Canadian affiliation and referral business in 2013, she decided to join Remax, which is the number one real estate company in Canada and many con- countries in Europe. A few of Francine's designations are certified luxury home marketing and new construction specialist, certified in negotiation and senior real estate specialist. When people ask Francine what she does, her response is, 
I sell my time and knowledge and help my clients buy and sell properties. I teach them the process and complex transactions of real estate. Her personal passion is writing, yes, her Harley Davidson with her husband. Francine, again, thank you so much. And excited about our conversation to talk a little bit about real estate and what's happening in the market. Um, first, what is the, the best for buyers, do you think, in today's market, if uh, whether resale or new construction? A um, few months ago, maybe six months ago, I would have told you that in this frenzy market where it's really hard to get a home because mm-hmm. everybody's bidding over listing price and it's not first come, first serve, it would have been to go uh, with new constructions. But in the last a month or so, maybe a little bit more, maybe two months, uh, new constructions builders now are taking offers, which is really hard. Like, for instance, I had few uh, buyers who could not get a resale uh, Uh because they were solid on paper, but not on cash. So they could not uh, bid more than the listing price. They could not mm. waive the appraisal, for instance. Waive the finance contingency. Exactly. That was really hard. And I said, well, go to new constructions. There's a lot of good development. There's a yeah. lot of good builders around. And uh, you, it's first come, first serve. They release a home. You go, you write an express form, and the yeah. house is yours. Well, to my surprise, that was different. So the particular buyers that I sent, um, the home that was uh, priced for for five ninety five, for instance, uh-huh. uh, they released their home on a Wednesday, and they were taking offers all week. And they were the builder would decide on Monday who would get the home, and okay. the house went for six fifty. So from that moment uh-huh. home, the next release would start at six fifty. Yeah, and so and then the same process. They would release the home on Wednesday. They would wait a week. I'm not going to name the name of the builder, but uh-huh. I was a little bit upset about that. But it's kind of what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, and that's interesting because on, I've always wondered in new construction why they don't have that to where you know the prices are going up and all this craziness going on. But it sounds like it's kind of moving it's into the moving. new construction it's, as well. It's moving. Yeah, interesting. So uh, Francine, what about strategy for uh, pricing and and listing your home? Um, my strategy is so different now in the next last it's six always months. Different. It always it's changes. really different, yes. but right now I feel it a little bit more. Okay. Uh, my strategy was, and I'm trying to stick to that, was like I would like to list a home uh, at the value market value. Okay. And, um, you know, and see where the, the, the buyers will drive. The, 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 the price. listing, the okay. price, and um, where where the market is going to tell us where sure. the market. If you overprice, some people will not even want to see the home because it's overpriced. I don't want to see it. Uh-huh. But today, even if you overprice the home a little bit, people will go and see the homes because there's not a lot of home to see. Yeah. So they're going to go to see the home, and some of them would even bid for a above that price anyway. So I'm still trying to um, stay at the market value. Uh-huh. Of course, now with sellers, it's really hard because now they see the comps around their home and they're like, well, the guy across the street sold for a certain amount of money. I want to start there, yeah. even though it's not the market value. So you have to raise those prices a little bit, hoping that you know, that's going to be a little bit frenzy around that particular listing again. Sure. Um, so it's harder to have a strategy and sticking to it. Yeah. You don't go and below that much. Well, and you know, it's interesting, too, because there's all of the, uh, you know, the, the the data in helping sellers. If you can, you know, do the reporting of comparing, you know, what the actual list price versus the sell price and how what the time was for it to sell. There's some great data out there. Yes. And like how you mentioned Zillow, I just went to a um, uh, workshop talking about different things with the market and they, you know, the Zillow prices 
is all different. And the comment was, well, Mr. Zillow hasn't visited the home. So anyway, yes, exactly. I thought that was really cute. People don't even think about Zillow anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like. So Francine, I know that you have a, a real passion uh, working with seniors and there's a lot of seniors that are going through the downsizing. And so um, what are you doing there? How are you strategizing and helping in that process? I'm trying to help them understand um, to let go of the emotion mm-hmm. because that's what keeps senior in their home. Yes. Um, I have a, a dear friend client, which she became a friend with the client, but she's kind of close to nine years old, for instance, and she, she, she wants to stay in her home. She doesn't want to go anywhere. And the only thing that keeps her here, it's the memory. Yes. And so she feels that it's her cocoon. So it's really hard to uh, remove a senior from their home. Really, really hard. So in order to help them, I put them in contact with uh, good, great companies that help to take care of all the logistics. Yes. Like the moving, yep. uh, packing, uh, labeling, um, cleaning, and helping them um, going through this emotion time, yes. which I help a lot as well. Um, I've been raised with elderly because my mother uh, got me when she was 45. So I always had like older parents and mm-hmm. older sisters and cousins. Mm-hmm. And so I've been raised with people who are thinking, you know, generations a little bit behind, yes. like, like past generation. Sure. So, and it's really hard to, um, to understand if you haven't lived there, mm-hmm. uh, you haven't lived in that, um, that you know, um, frame, like yes. generation. Yes. So anyway, in order to help them, I'm going to, you know, explain to them that it's okay to, to feel the way they feel. Yeah. And on top of that, they're not really technology savvy. So uh, the, the one of my clients was 90 years of age, for instance. It was hard for him to go on a computer every time I have a document to send for him yeah. to sign on AvantiSign. So you got to drive. You got to go there. And you got to make them understand that it's okay for me to, you know, that yeah. you're not bothering me because they don't want to call you. But if there's a problem arising, they don't want to tell you because... Uh, they don't want to bother you too much because they know you're going to have to drive there. So it's an, it's another kind of set of clients, but sure. I just adore them. Yes, so it's easy for great. me to be patient and just drive five times a day if I have to. Yeah. And um, help them signing contracts, understanding. They don't all the laws on a contract. Yeah. And well, and I think just that even the typical person, whether you're a senior or not, I mean, there's a yeah, lot, there's a a lot. lot, of, a lot even, of stuff. Yes. yes. Even younger. So Francine, on home improvement um, uh, or renovation on, on homes, maybe, if, you know, preparing for selling or even, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, we might see some, you know, people starting to do a little bit more of that when the interest rates go up and maybe staying. But what are some mistakes that um, sellers are making in the renovation process? Okay. So I got a little list and I'm going to tell you what my list is. Okay. Um, no problem. Prep work. You got to prep everything you do. Bad measurement. Don't think that just a tape measurement will go. Okay. You have, have your measurement. Avoiding permits. A lot of people don't yes. say, oh, I'm going to do that myself. It's easy to do. They don't get the permits, but when they sell, yeah. then the problem and with I the And I said on the lending ca- side, it's not fun. Yeah, the yes. King County is going to come into it. Uh, ignoring safety requirement at the job site. Okay. You know, you need to be like safe, safe when you get people coming on your... Uh, uh, not setting your realistic budget. Because people think that's going to cost like $25,000 to yeah. make renovation their kitchen. And they're going to end up with $50,000. Yep. But they're going to be midway. They don't have the money. What do you do? Sure. Um, doing your own demolition. Don't tear down a wall by yourself. Uh-huh. Even fixer upper. Sometimes they're going to take a, a, a wall down and they forgot that there was a post that should sure. stay above. So make attention to that. Uh, doing too much demo. 
uh-huh. you know, making too much, like um, instead of just one wall and take another one, or maybe you're going to keep going a little bit, just make your plan. Um, the electrical neglect, electrical and heating system and being to code. If okay, you, uh, sure. you know, remodel, you have to be to code. Um, and take care also, uh, pay attention to the, the age of the home. If you get a Victorian home, for instance, well, when you do a renovation, if you put half of it modern, or yeah, it may so stay may gonna, it may gonna clash mm. a little bit. Sure. Um, and going cheap on your materials. Yeah. You know, some somebody would say, "Oh, I'm gonna take that; it's gonna be cheaper." But at the end of the day, think about resale. If you go cheaper, mm-hmm. it's gonna maybe break. And you know, I'm not telling you to go to the high end products, but make sure that your product are warranty. Go to companies that knows what they're talking about. Yeah. And you know, some. People who's been in the business for a while and uh, getting good um, contractor. Yeah, makes do sense. You, do your homework, you know, um, find the, the, some reference for your um, referral for your uh, uh, contractor and yep. make sure who you hire. It's like anything else, making sure that you have the experts and the advice to, to uh, make sure that you haven't, you're not making any mistakes that you can't, uh, you can't go back later yeah. and, no. and uh, make up for those. What about loca- location, Francine, and this... Uh, amazing crazy market that we have i talked a little bit of money chat about you know the employment it's just it, it's unbelievable the market and where we're at yeah. here and the potential that we have in comparison um to other markets so what's the best place to purchase location here actually right now i'm i'm pushing my buyers outside of the east side i'm uh-huh. going to go to maple valley or bothell or even bothell is going like uh, prices are yes. rising and yeah. really a lot of people is moving to bothell because a lot of our clients, most of us, we have a lot of uh, Microsoft, Amazon, T-Mobile, mm-hmm. Google, a lot of people in the neighborhood, in the east side. They don't want to travel. They don't want to be stuck in the traffic. Yes. So they don't want to move outside of the east side. But it's really hard to get yeah. a home in the east side if you're not having a lot of money, cash, exactly. to play with it. Um, so it's if, if I can send them to Carnation, Fall City, Bottle. Um, I know Monroe's a little bit out. out but in that market is doing a lot of, you know, crazy things as well. It, it, it is interesting it is. to see these these markets outside and, and what they're doing. And so maybe, but because people are pushed. Exactly. Like Renton Highland. Yep. Renton yeah. Highland. You didn't have any bidding more on rent, yes. uh, Renton Highland. Yeah. You can get a home on Renton Highland now. Yeah. Yes, and the new construction is there. The builders are taking over. Yep. Newcastle. More yep. and more. Yeah. So it's really hard unless you go to, as I said, Maple Valley, Ken, Covington, Enumclaw. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little room, sure. a little bit uh, there, but the traffic and the... Well, and so, you know, really looking and, and strategizing and find out what some options are, whether it's carpooling, transit, um, uh, going into the office at different times to avoid yeah. the traffic. So if you want to get into real estate, there's always a solution. It's just finding out what mm-hmm. that's going to be for you. So uh, putting escalation uh, clause with offers, um, are you advising... Um, clients who do that, what are you what are you seeing there? I there's so many um, school of thought about the escalation clause. I just came back from the Battle of Barrister um, that the real estate. Yeah, dang it, I missed it this year. I love it. The that, first year I've missed forever. That was <laughs> so good. They were talking about escalation clause, something that I didn't even think about it, and it's just like yes. Um, of course, they were advising that it was a bad idea, but everybody's putting an escalation clause because they yeah. don't want to. 
like if you put an escalation clause, you reveal right away what you wanted to pay. Uh-huh. So a lot of uh, strategy for a listing broker, and I've seen it, they're just going to remove all the escalation clause and they're going to say, okay, this Come person, that's it. But this yeah. person said that he wants to pay that number. They're going to go at the top of the number and they're going to offer, counter offer. Okay, we're gonna, you're going to get the home at the top of your offer. Um, and they're going to remove all the escalators. So you can run into that. This is a problem okay. that buyers can run into. Um, however, there is a lot of, you know, realtor that don't work this way and they're just going to look at the escalation clause. But if you have 25 escalation clause, you need to really pay attention of e- everything, especially the expire date. A lot of people is going to send an escalation, cl- uh, a contract, an offer with an um, um, expiration date. Exp- expiration date uh-huh. and they're going to say oh but keep my offer it's okay if, you know if you keep it until you review the and they're not going to change well you have to pay attention not to use this offer as the the competing offer of course because the expiration date is the, the, the offer is expired. Yes. So by the time the listing broker the seller is going to receive that competing offer they don't realize that it's expired so that's Come, cause a lot of confusion, you know, confusion at yes, the end because yes. then there's no competing offer. You know, the price is going to be like. So there's a lot of there's a lot of detail to look when you are, you put an escalation clause. Yeah. Make sure that you are prepared as a buyer. Um, okay, I want to offer all the way to six eighty three or seven hundred. Well, you have to be sure that maybe that's what you're going to pay. Of course, because they're going to. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, co- yeah. They can play with that. Of course. And there's, you know, there's a lot of strategy and that's really what the show is about. And Francine, I had so many more uh, questions I wanted to ask you, but I've got to take us to, uh, to, to break. But there's really the show is about bringing an expert, expert advice. And it's one-on-one finding out what your specific needs are, what market you're in, what you're willing to do. There's a lot of strategies. You've just got to figure out what the best mm-hmm. one is uh, to win. And thank you, Francine, for coming in and sharing your you. expertise with my listeners. I appreciate you're it. You're welcome. Coming up next on The Money Hour, Flipping homes in the Seattle market. Vivian Peterson and Debbie Yeager with Windermere Real Estate Shoreline right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Have you been in your home for more than 30 years and are now thinking of downsizing? Francine Schneider with Remax Integrity has assisted many couples just like you and helped them make this hard move going from a large home to a more manageable square footage. Francine has a sincere commitment to making the real estate process as smooth as possible, guiding you through this perhaps very difficult next phase of your life. She also has a great strategy for selling a first time on the market home. To learn more about Francine Schneider's real estate process and system, you can reach her at 425-890-0865 or by email at francine at schneiderestate.com. Hi, I'm Francine Schneider. Give me a call at 425-890-0865 if you have difficulty downsizing or have an aging parent who needs help with their move. I'll be your senior real estate specialist and trusted advisor. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. 
Welcome back to the Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, April 22nd show. Each week, I share expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com to discuss anything regarding your finances, uh, any expert that you want to get connected to. I have them in studio. Right now, conversation with Vivian Peterson and Debbie Yeager with Windermere Real Estate Shoreline. And we're going to be having a conversation on flipping homes in the Seattle market. Thanks, ladies, for coming in. Thank Thank you, you. Tina. And a little bit about Vivian and Debbie. Vivian, uh, helping people bring fulfillment to their lives is what Vivian, Vivian loves about the business she's in. She's in the Seattle, Seattle native with over 20 years of service experience. She has an eye for design and is knowledgeable about real estate market. Her love for the Seattle community is what led her to Windermere Real Estate, where she has helped people find homes they love as well as sell their home with her staging skills. Vivian enjoys being part of people journeys. And Debbie Yeager, a Western Washington native, Debbie has been involved in a variety of aspects of real estate for more than 32 years. She has investment properties that she manages flipped houses at a variety of times over the last 10 years, including buying some homes, those of um, out from the live auctions. She also worked in the mortgage lending business for 10 years. She's a premier associate broker with Windermere and works with both buyers and sellers. And in her off time, she spends time with her kids and enjoys for outdoor activities and travels, working and loves working in her garden garden and traveling, probably doing a little traveling in the garden, right? <laughs> I, I am. And if I had known that um, my colleague over here had a Harley, I would have put down that I enjoy my Harley as oh well. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. And you ride your own too? I do. Oh, that is definitely girl power. Vivian, what's wrong with us? <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to uh, business about talking about flipping homes in the Seattle market. So Vivian, how is the current Seattle market right now? Well, it depends if you're a buyer or a seller and what pr- price point you're looking at. Um, if you're looking at something that's $1 million to $1.5 million, that's a different market. Um, however, uh, you know, continued low inventory and multiple offers um, uh, and competing offers are, are, is driving the market up. So um, the Seattle average price right now is about 700000 for a home. Yeah, that is crazy, and and you know the inventory you've um, uh, with the lack of inventory. I think it's was they say King County normally is nine to ten thousand dollars of inventory, or nine to ten thousand homes of inventory, which it's last time I saw it was like fifteen to eighteen hundred just in King County. So it's crazy out there. Uh, Debbie, how do you uh, decide if a house is a good flip property or not? Because that's a whole different dynamic when we talk about flipping versus holding the home. Correct. It is. And um, some people make it sound like it's really glamorous, <laughs> but it's, it's it's not. I mean, you really need to know what you're doing. But as yeah. far as knowing, you know, whether it's a good flip or not, it's really location. And buying, you, you want to buy in an area where it's a hot area. You want to yeah. be right now, um, almost everywhere is a hot area, but really you want to be in city, um, close to transportation. You want to um, know what's going on in the area, uh-huh. that things are selling, you know, really quickly. So, and you want to buy something that has good bones. Um, flippers are not 
builders so they they just want to fix up the house they don't yeah. want to rebuild the house so really just knowing that it has good solid bones and good potential for improvements or adding to unfinished space just things that they can do that um, are quick yeah and um, will not take six months to work on um, and right now according to the realty track stats last year um, in the area in King County there was over 1500 um, flipped homes, and I would expect that there will be more of those coming in 2017. That is, that is crazy, and I yeah, and I um, as you're talking location, I'm you know thinking with flip too. You can really strategize in that location because at some point in time the market is you know going to adjust. Obviously, um, that's you know that's without saying. And in the near future, none of us see that. But still, you want to be cautious in the the flipping if you're buying in the in the location, the greater areas that are going to have be uh, later in seeing a market turn. Right. Um, so, Debbie, what about um, uh, somebody that's thinking of investing in a flip property? What do they need to do to get started in this process? Well, I think very first thing they should do is align themselves with a really good broker. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's key. Um, and find a broker that really knows the area that you want to be in um, and that you're comfortable in, in a price point that you are comfortable in and someone that's willing to go out and kind of roll up their sleeves. There are some good deals out there that are on the open market, but a uh -huh. lot of times, you know, myself and Vivian, we go out and we door knock. We do old fashioned door knock yeah. and we pick up properties that way and we've target certain ones that we think just from the outside, looks like it could be a great fixer. Might be a good thing, yeah. It's, yeah, and um, we know what the exit price would be mm -hmm. in that neighborhood and we go after it. And we so bring when, it. So, uh, sorry, when you're talking about experienced agents, then it's important that you're working with somebody that understands that process of flipping because everything that you're saying there is, you know, dynamic to, um, to understanding that process. Right. And as a broker, if you've been doing this for a little while and I've done some flips myself, uh -huh. I can walk through a house usually and kind of estimate how much it will cost. I'm not a contractor, then I would, sure. but I have a good idea maybe. So I know if it's even something worth bringing an investor to look at because there's many properties that we would just say, no, this there's not enough profit in this, or yeah. it needs too much work, or there's something wrong with it, and we won't even bother with Makes it. Makes sense. So Vivian, uh, when you're thinking about uh, flipping, what would you say on an average is the time frame of fixing up that home and being able to get it back on the market and selling it? Well, Tina, in a perfect world, I would say about 60 days and okay. 90 days max. The goal is to have it fixed up and back on the market in that time frame. The longer it takes, the more it's costing and carrying costs and markets can change quickly. Yeah, so you want to strategize again and why it's important to work with an experienced broker that understands how this process goes because the timing is important and, you know, making sure you've got all of those things lined up in the appropriate time um, associated to get it closed in that 60, 90 days. So, Debbie, uh, what items do investors need to consider when buying a property to flip? Well, I think first they need to really know what the exit price is. Okay. When, you know, as the house, you know, finished product. And then from there, kind of work backwards on what will it cost to do the improvements. And they really need to know their numbers. If they are not an expert, bring, they should be bringing a licensed contractor in and having them give them a really good idea of what it will cost. And, and they really need to be prepared for surprises. Mm -hmm. Because when you start opening up walls and 
uncovering things, there's usually at least one or two, sometimes very costly surprises. And another thing that I think a lot of flip, you know, investors forget about is the carrying costs. So if you are borrowing hard money because you don't have your own cash, mm -hmm. you, you better remember th to take that into account every month, every day. Taxes, carrying, you know, insurance that you still have to carry on the property, yeah. your selling costs, eight and a half, nine percent selling costs. There's all those little things that people forget about that. And, and then really in the end, talking about taxes earlier, I think investors forget that there is some tax at the end. Yes. So just having that plan of, of financially breaking it all out, making sure that you have that buffer um, for any unexpected things, what your carry cost is, mm -hmm. and then your exit, what's it going to cost in that excellent piece right. for the taxes. Great advice. Uh, Vivian, what amount of net profit do investors expect or hope to make? Um, uh, right now, they're making about 30%, most of them. Okay. In Seattle. Uh, but I would say about 20 to 30 percent. Okay, so after after everything is is uh, completed, the cost and and the taxes and everything, being able to walk away with 20, 30 percent, not a bad deal if you know you're able to walk away with that. And again, that's why the importance of the experience is important, so that you can make sure that you're maximizing that profit. So, Debbie, what is the biggest mistake investors make when buying a flip home? The wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> there has been a few of those. Uh -huh. um, I've had someone buy a house once and they didn't see the inside because it was at an auction and when they got into the property, the sewer had backed up and the basement was completely full. Oh so you never know what you might get sometimes, um, especially if it's not a house on market and if you haven't had a chance to inspect it. That's usually not the case. But I think really the biggest mistake is thinking it's like the TV shows. Yes. And it's really not. Um, it is a lot of hard work. You really need to do your homework. You need to know what you're doing and you need to have a great team yep. um, of licensed contractors that you can rely on. I think that's just really, really um, important right now. And then just really knowing your costs, being able to calculate um, the bottom line, um, you know, what is and, and allowing for mistakes yeah. or things to happen. So are you guys still picking properties up at auction? Are those that you, I do occasionally, you do. but um, they usually get bid up so high that they are not just not a good buy. So majority of your buyers, you're finding their opportunities by what you said, just old fashioned creating yes. the opportunity by knocking on sellers' doors that it might look like it's somebody that would be interested in doing that. Yeah, and I think in this market right now with the prices for the uh -huh. Seattle area, when you are spending five hundred thousand, maybe four yeah. four to five hundred for a fixer house yep you really better know what you're doing and no have kidding your numbers that is crazy vivian oh i was just gonna say that um <clears throat> we're i'm finding a lot of houses on you know the northwest mls too okay and so how difficult is it vivian um in, in finding these opportunities for your clients that want to flip uh they they, they come around i saw one today uh that was interesting mm -hmm. and if they have all cash you can write a good offer. Yeah. And then if you look at the houses around and then like all the all the new ones that have built that are selling for, you know, three times or four times more uh -huh. than that, then I show them that and then they can figure out the math. 
Yeah. So if you're if you're thinking about flipping, it's probably just being with the the long haul and knowing that it may take some time to find that perfect house, but stick with it and um, make sure that you're being careful on the one that you're choosing and not trying to rush it and making uh, those big mistakes. Uh, Debbie, um, how do you advise buyers in this market to win in multiple offers? Just you know, traditional or your your flippers. Well, um, obviously it's be it's competitive. So having cash, uh-huh. um, cash and, is king, and having everything, um, doing pre inspections for flippers, they usually do their own because they're they know they're going to tear it apart. So it's not as critical. Um, but just really, um, I also tell buyers if they're traditional buyers, you should be looking at price points, fifth, ten to twenty percent maybe under what you can qualify for because you're yeah, going to be sense. very disappointed when you continually lose out on offers because you're looking at your maximum price point and you can't compete because you can't escalate yeah. over the asking price. So uh, buyers get very burnt out and they get really tired of you know, losing out on, it's discouraging for them. Yeah, yeah, great advice. Well, you know, there's opportunities out there to buy, whether you're uh, buying your first home, you're doing a move up, had some creative options during a money chat uh, for investors that plan on holding and, and renting it. And we've heard about flipping. There's uh, opportunities out there for flipping as well. So thank you guys so much for coming into studio and having a conversation with me about flipping real estate. Thank, thank you for you. having us. This was fun. We'll have to have you come back. (laughs) This is your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, signing off for the day. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Have a great Saturday, great Sunday. I'll be here next weekend, same time, same place, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers of the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.